Hey there, everybody. I'm so excited about our episode today. It's something that is personally so important in my life, um, and I incorporated it into my classroom, and I just found that the results and and the experiences that it brought with the children were pretty unforgettable. Um, This episode, Jamie and I, we sit down and we talk through mindfulness. We talk about a lot of different ways to incorporate it into your life, personally and in your classroom or with your family. Um, and we really talk about how important it is right now. Um, taking time to be present in this moment of you know so much uncertainty uh, couldn't be more important. So we thought it'd be really cool to talk about it. Um, we touch on meditation, breathing, yoga, um, and, and some other things too. Uh, so, so we talk through it all. Um, yeah. And so we hope it inspires you or maybe just, you know, gives you a little nudge to try to meditate today or something like that. Um, of course, if you have any questions, always email us allthingsmontessoripod at gmail.com. I'm really excited to announce that our website is done and it's going to be launching this week. So excited. Um, there's going to be a ton of new things with that and I'll probably do a separate little mini thing so I can tell you guys all about that and what, what that really means. Um, but we're, we're really trying to build up this community. We're trying to connect more with you guys and and make this a space where we can all, um, you know, keep this conversation going, not just with Jamie and I, but with all of you, um, because we're stronger together. And the Montessori community is one of the most beautiful communities I've ever been a part of. Um, and we just want to, you know, we want to connect and we want to elaborate on all of that. Um, so we're so excited about that. Um, but Please enjoy our episode on mindfulness. I hope everybody is, you know, staying safe and well. Hello, Jamie. How are you? I'm great, Rachel. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Today's Cinco de Mayo, so I'm going to have myself a margarita later. <laughs> yeah, your own little celebration at home still. That's right. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, apparently the Virginia governor is making some announcements next week or something about, cause he has stated that he wants to reopen Virginia. Um, I don't know what that really entails. So that'll be interesting to see. Yeah. Um, isn't it, it's crazy to be in the sort of state of like, you know, desperately wanting things to go back to normal, but then having those you know, announcements be, you know, create some anxiety too, right? Like what, what will, will we be safe? Can we reopen? Like all of it. It's it's terrifying because yeah, you're right. Like as, as much as I want that, you know, I'm a, I'm a classic extrovert. Like I love going places and hanging out with people. Of course I want to do stuff, but the, the minute it's almost like a veil is lifted. It's like, oh, wait, no, no, no. I want to go back home and I wait, I don't want to do that. <laughs> right. Scary. It's hard. Yeah. It's still a lot of uncertainty that we're all feeling wherever we are um, because mm-hmm. of all of this. And and uh, so there may still be, even in the reopening, plenty of time at home, <laughs> at home together. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, I know. I mean, I think that's going to be the norm for a while um, is just staying closer to home and being extra careful. Um, and that's just that's the way it's going to be. Yep. So, yeah. How how are you doing? How are your girls doing? They're doing pretty well. The semester's almost over for the 
the older one. So yeah, sort of finals and final projects this week. And the younger one has, you know, some online school-ish activities, but certainly nothing, yeah. nothing like her normal high school experience. But I have the sense that when they are free to move about again, I just might never see them because they're... <laughs> They are definitely missing the the life they used to have and the interactions and the freedoms. So I'm sure that when they can, they're going to take great advantage of it. But we've been um, we've been playing a lot of Yahtzee as a family. So oh, nice! That's so mm-hmm. fun. It is fun. It is fun. I mean, other than when somebody else gets like three Yahtzees in a game, and then it's oh yeah, that's not fun. Then there's no. There's no competition, but yeah, mm-hmm. no, it's been fun to see the sort of those kinds of interactions that we're doing a lot more regularly than uh, we did when we all could do anything we wanted. So, so that's been yeah, nice. I know. I know. It's, uh, it's, it feels like a different life. Uh, like, okay. So for example, I got married in December. That wasn't that long ago. That feels like five years ago. Right I know. Now. I know. You know, I can't even imagine. I mean, it seems so reckless. I'm like, oh, my God, I had 150 people in a room together. What was I thinking? (laughs) I know, right? I mean. It's crazy. Yeah. Life has changed. Life has definitely changed. And that's why I think we thought um, it might be nice to talk about uh, some practices that can support, well, just in general, but particularly through these sort of massive changes that we're going through, some practices of, of mindfulness for adults and for children. Yeah, mindfulness is such a great tool, um, and it's a great way to look at the world um, with just having that awareness. Um, and you're right, especially during a really high-stress time. And the thing about this pandemic, and I think stress in general, is it presents itself differently in everybody. Right. So mm-hmm. mindfulness is not is not a one size fits all. You know, there's lots of different ways you can help your children through it or your students or or yourself. I mean, I think one of the most important things we're all feeling right now is, you know, the need to take care of oneself right now is, is almost paramount. Um, so, yeah, this is something that's super important um, in my own personal life. And it's something I incorporated in the classroom um, you know, I started with meditation and I almost did it as an experiment to see if the children would even kind of go for it. Like, you know, I just started with a breathing exercise. They really got into it. Um, and I just thought that was really cool. And it, and it, I found that it served them well when they were dealing with those big emotions as we all have. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. So let's, I mean, Let's talk about what exactly is mindfulness. It's a it's a word that's kind of tossed around and and has become more and more popular, but I think it's important to really understand, you know, what what mindfulness is and what we're doing when we practice it or we support the children in practicing it. Mhm. Mhm. So, I mean, what is what does mindfulness mean to you, Jamie? I think it can also, you know, I know there's like a blanket definition, but I think it can mean different things to different people. Um, So like me, for example, mindfulness is taking a step back and letting myself calm down um, in various amounts of ways. 
it's taking a look at, okay, I'm feeling this way. Why am I feeling this way? Let me try to calm down, you know, and it's all self-soothing sort of things, right? It's not, no one's really doing it with me. It's, it's all, it's a personal journey, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think mindfulness too is really um, training your, training your mind to be conscious and aware and in sort of in the present uh, mm-hmm. and, and, uh, and it's having, it's having that awareness and also acknowledging whatever emotion or thought is happening without judgment, sort of yes. just acknowledging, oh, I'm feeling this way or, you know, I'm feeling angry mm-hmm. or I'm feeling happy or, you know, my back hurts <laughs> or, you know, it can right, be right. both your physical and your psychological sort of feelings, but all of that and just simply being aware, not feeling like you have to immediately respond or react to any of that, but just mm-hmm. acknowledge and often, um, you know, sort of let go uh, or certainly not judge or all of that. So I think that mindfulness is that is that consciousness. You know, we in our especially in our well in our current lives, it's all too easy mm-hmm. to sort of rush through our daily lives without a real consciousness or sort of presence in a moment. And mindfulness is that opportunity to be very present in the now and conscious of what you're doing and thinking and feeling instead of just rushing through life um, without being aware. Right. I think we are a culture of people who rush through. And as you're rushing through life, you're constantly deflecting from those big emotions, from those feelings, whatever they may be. You're, it's like you're, you're just setting them aside all the time. I'll deal with that another time. I'll deal with that later. Oh, I'm really stressed right now, but I have to get to this next thing. So I have to go do that. You know, um, it's almost like a whirlwind. And then that buildup of that, you know, deflection of all those emotions, that's where you kind of get into a bad kind of way where you could potentially have a minor panic attack, or maybe you have a really bad day because there's been a string of six days you know, that had little instances within them, but there wasn't a time to take, take a breath almost, or just take a step back. I always think of mindfulness as just like taking a step back and just, you're right, being completely present. And the thing about mindfulness is that it's so valuable, but it's really easy to sort of be like, it's easy to not practice it, I think, because in some ways, it seems really simple, you know? Oh, okay. Yeah. I'll just sit with my feelings, but that's really hard. (laughs) It's really hard to be present. You know, it's really hard to really identify why am I feeling so sad today? And you're right, Jamie, sometimes you're not going to have the answer, but taking that time to acknowledge it is the step in the right direction. I think a lot of what we do as Montessori practitioners is, is, a lot of that is uh, exercises and mindfulness. If if we're if we're really observing what children are showing us in a given moment, we're practicing mindfulness, right? We're being mm-hmm. aware of what's happening in the moment without judgment. Um, if we're really engaged in a presentation that we're offering, or 
or a conversation we're having with a child, you know, that's, that's mindfulness. That's really being present with the child in a certain way. All of our work with children should be a constant exercise in mindfulness of being present, of being non-judgmental, of, of being responsive to what they're feeling and we're feeling. Um, and so a lot of the work we can do in, in our work with children can be some of those exercises in mindfulness, you know, just really valuing the sensorial experience of a lesson or really um, staying focused on that. So that mindfulness mm-hmm. practice can be embedded in our work. And then it also can definitely be something that we can use to um, to slow ourselves down or to or to calm ourselves down. And and children, like you said, I've had the same experience when I do some work on breathing and mindfulness and meditation with children. I found especially with those who struggle to regulate their emotions, that it actually helps them to do some of that mm-hmm. emotional regulation. Mm-hmm. It really does. Um, one thing that Montessori taught me in training and then in my own teaching um, is exactly what you're talking about, the observation piece, but more so the, you know, the objective, you know, scientific observation, right? So you're going to just be literally watching what a child's doing with no opinion, right? Just writing down what they're doing. And that's a really meditative exercise that I've actually applied in my own life when I'm sort of, you know, maybe there's some emotions, you know, maybe I'm stressed. Who knows? Sometimes I'll just, I'll just look out the window and observe what's happening outside because it sort of takes me out of my mind into the present moment. You know, I'm watching a bird fly from one tree to another or something sounds really simple but it it's focusing your attention on something else and that's what we're doing when we're working with the children too you know we're we're observing how they are interacting with things um and then it's the best way to serve them and then we're helping them also do that you know because i think one thing we always we well i don't know always is the right word but one thing i did a lot would be you know, I noticed that you haven't worked with blah, blah, blah in a while, or I, I noticed that you haven't taken out biology and, you know, that that's calling the child's attention to, oh, my teacher cares about me. You know, they notice that I haven't done that. And then you can reignite excitement in another way, but it's all comes back to that observation. And unfortunately, observation's really tough right now, of course, because we don't, have seven hour zoom calls where we can just observe children. That would be insane. Um, but that's where those one-on-one conversations can come in handy, you know, mm-hmm. with the children, if it's on the phone or a zoom call or whatever, you know, whatever works for your specific community, that's where you can really have that, you know, one-on-one conversation because those conversations, um, that connection is very important, especially right now. Um, for those children, uh, for all your children. You know. and, you, and you can do some mindfulness exercises with the children online, whether it's in your individual conversation with a child during the week or whether you're doing some community gatherings, or you could even prepare some videos on, on mindfulness mm-hmm. if you're sharing videos with your children. And it can be as simple as helping them to keep track of their breaths or Mm -hmm. 
or, you know, um, you know, kind of do a, a scan of their body and how's their body feeling. Um, so I think that kind of those kinds of mm-hmm. exercises can can be really helpful. And it it's really empowering for children to recognize that they have the ability to um, to shift their their mindset, to shift their thinking and to focus on something different. Uh, and, and it's, you know, a really simple, really simple exercises of, you know, breathe in for a count of seven and out for a count of four, um, or vice versa. What is it in four out seven, but you know, mm-hmm. any little exercise that can help them sort of pause and focus is a little exercise and mindfulness for them. It totally is. I, I was going to say another one that's great is, um, helping them find their own pulse, and we actually do this mm-hmm. in um, in music, actually. You know, we, we use it with rhythm. We use it in a lot of areas, actually. But that that's really, that it, it forces you to really, one, you're listening and feeling, right? So you have to be in the present moment to listen to your pulse because it's it's not loud. You know, you really have to quiet your body to do that. Um, so that's something that's great. Um, another one that's kind of silly um, I just say silly because I've had children laugh, but they actually love it. It's called, um, alternate nostril breathing or dragon's breath. It's also called, um, you can just YouTube alternate nostril breathing. Basically you take your thumb and your pinky and you're going to breathe in, plugging one of the nostrils and then you'll switch and breathe out. And it's, you know, it's good for brain circulation. Um, it's, it's, it's a fantastic breathing exercise. It's, it's helped me calm down in my own life and my my children in my class had used it too I I will never forget one time one of my students was just feeling you know some negative feelings was feeling angry and and she couldn't really you know she didn't know how to express herself and she looked at me and then she just started doing the alternate nostril breathing right there (laughs) um to help calm herself down and it was Oh, it was so sweet. And then I remember she went and sat in the corner and just did breathing. Um, And it was it was great because then after she sort of calmed down, you know, she felt like she wanted to resolve whatever conflict was going on. Um, And I thought in that moment, wow, what a gift that is, you know, to to learn when you're eight or seven, you know. Um, Yeah. Yeah. That's going to serve her forever, you know. Yeah. And it, and it truly is empowering. Like that helps children, you know, they feel stronger, they feel in control of themselves and that feels powerful to them. Mm -hmm. Um, Another meditation or, or mindfulness exercise that I could recommend is from, um, uh, or there's one resource for it is from the book, Tending the Light by my dear friend, John Snyder, uh, a longtime practitioner. And uh, he talks about a walking meditation mm. so that the children can walk with a mindfulness on and a focus on their breathing. Um, and but uh, while they're walking, that it doesn't have to be a sitting a sitting uh, activity. And I think that's a great one he has in his book in the chapter called um, Emotions Like Clouds, Thoughts Like Rain. He has a story about uh, doing that with a child who was in the middle of being pretty upset and how mm. this child um, developed that practice as well. 
Um, so there's just so many, so many different ways that we can help the children use mindfulness. Of course, it helps if we have some experience with it as well. Definitely. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely. It really does. And and that's, that's just, you know, doing some research on your own, um, and practicing on your own. Um, you know, just like any lesson we would give the children, you know, you, you want to practice it and make sure that, um, that it's, you know, conducted in the right way. Um, because if you're again, like with everything else, like if you're taking something seriously and if you hold it in high, high importance, they're going to mirror that, you know, because you're holding it to that high level of, um, of importance, um, because mindfulness is important. Um, so just, yeah, just make sure you find some practices of your own. Um, I was going to say, if you don't subscribe to calm already, calm is fabulous. And they actually have kid meditations too. And they have an initiative called calm schools. And if you're a teacher or administrator at a school, you can get calm for free for a year. Um, it's, um, it's so great. Um, and they have all these articles on, you know, mindfulness with children. So it's a great resource. I can't recommend Calm enough. You can go to calm.com or you can use the Calm app. Um, I love it. That's one of my favorite meditation tools. And I think it's really useful. Some people find that they can practice mindfulness on their own, but but if you need an app or some sort of guided meditation, you know, use it and use it with the children if they find that useful. You know, um, yeah. sometimes yeah, it's I, really helpful to listen to someone's voice guiding you to that space of mindfulness. Totally. I find that I, I love guided meditations. They really help. I mean, sometimes I can do it on my own, but I the, the meditations, they'll, they're, sometimes they'll have a focus too, you know, so, you know, there's like sleep meditations or there's meditations just for stress or, or whatever. Um, I did one the other day just on gratitude. Um, and it's nice to have a purpose sometimes with it, but other times um, meditation can be whatever you want it to be. Um, sometimes meditation can be cooking or it could be um just sitting and staring off into space you know for a little bit just taking a moment maybe your meditation is a walk or um or playing a musical instrument i mean anything like that um that can also help you know um it doesn't have to be you sitting cross-legged you know with your you know perfect posture with candles it doesn't have to be that you know that I used to think it had to be that image and I was really right. scared by that. And it's not, it doesn't have to be that. That's the amazing thing. If we really think about mindfulness, it's just being conscious and aware and present in the moment. And there are times when it's important to do that in a quiet, you know, meditative way, mm-hmm. um, deliberately meditative, but it also can be through, uh, you know, I think that when, people get into flow, that idea of flow um, from Chiksamahai's work, that that, that's a sort of mindful practice as well. When you're really present in the work that you're doing and, and, and flow is in place, you're just, you're just working. That's, that's mindfulness. I mean, ideally, I think we can see it. I see it so clearly in um, the exercise as a practical life and a 
in a three to six classroom, Mm -hmm. how mindful those children are. I mean, they sort of exist in a, in a state of mind mindfulness all the time, right? Because they're so Mm -hmm. aware. Can I get this last drop out of the, out of the pitcher? Can I, can I wipe every little drop off the table? You know, that those points of interest and that, that clear mindfulness in, in movement um, is a mindfulness practice for those young children. And mm-hmm. we hope that some of that continues through in the child's experience, I think, in the elementary classroom when they're really present in their work and and engaged and thoughtfully executing it. I mean, that's a that's a mindful practice as well. So I think it's important to bring to the children the idea of mindfulness as a way to step back and and calm yourself, but also mm-hmm. mindfulness as a way of being like fully engaged and aware of what's happening in a, in a given moment. Um, oh, yeah. There's mm-hmm. that kind of two ways of looking at it. And so it, in a, in a classroom, when we all get back in classrooms again, I think you can see mindfulness happening throughout the day. And in the elementary, it's important to bring the children's sort of consciousness to it. So they know that they can pull that up that mindfulness whenever they need it or whenever they need that sort of awareness. Right. It's, it's always there for you. And it's when you, so I feel like when you adopt it into your way of life, it just sort of, you're right. I mean, when a elementary child is, you know, doing racks and tubes for two and a half hours and then you ring the bell for lunch and they're like what what time is it like they have no idea it's they've been engaged in the present moment for two and a half hours it's amazing right like oh my god it's so awesome um and that focus it's it's so good for you in so many ways and um and i i do think with our three period i mean our sorry with our three hour work cycle um we really allow that in Montessori we really give them that opportunity and how awesome is that you know yeah yep no that's it's a huge part of what allows for that to just develop in the day-to-day life of the classroom in addition to you know the yoga or meditation or other practices they can choose intentionally but it also can just Mm -hmm. in you know sort of permeate their all of their sort of existence in the classroom. And it, and the more that we can awaken that mindfulness in them and in ourselves, the more it can be an intentional practice, but also just a way of kind of living with a more heightened awareness and connection to the, to the present moment. Um, and I think mm-hmm. especially like right now, when we have so many questions about the future and so many things are unknown, that a focus on right now can be very healthy. Um, Yeah, of course, because we don't know what the future is. (laughs) Right, right. Yeah. Which is, and we never do, you know, I mean, the the other thing is like, realistically, we never do. uh, But this is, we're far more aware of that right now, I think, than we normally allow ourselves to be in our day to day, in our day to day lives. You know, the other thing I was thinking about was simply how we as adults working with children have to bring a sort of practice of mindfulness to our work. And we talked about observation, but also mm-hmm. just in in the moments of the day, um, we should have ways that we build in to help calm ourselves and stay 
present and not reactive. And I think that's Mm -hmm. powerful too. If we can really see why, you know, okay, the child's behaving this way and not judge it, uh, then we can be better in our responses to children and not simply reactive, which can tend to be emotional and not always productive. So well, one of yeah, one of the hardest things that I struggled with and I still struggle with, I think I think it's pretty common is, you know, any sort of misbehavior or anything like that, like, you know, just immediately thinking it's all your fault and you take it personally, which is mm-hmm. what makes you react, right? In a bad way. But you're right, you know, taking a step back and looking at the big picture, um, they're feeling this way or or just objectively looking at what they're doing. It's it's tough for sure, but it will help you react appropriately or know when to react. Maybe it's, you know, you don't react at that moment. Maybe you take a few breaths before, you know, you know, dealing with whatever may be happening. Um, but that's something that, you know, it's it's tough. It's definitely it's definitely tough. And I know we're all spending just so much time together at home right now. So it's, you know, also give yourself, you know. Self-forgiveness is also really important right now, too. Um, you know, we don't want to go down the guilt train because that doesn't get us anywhere. Um, right. But yeah, right. Taking, a, taking a step back. We do the same thing for ourselves. Like if we observe, we can stop and be in the moment and say, wow, I just um, reacted or overreacted in that way. And we can mm-hmm. acknowledge that and then you know, ideally let it go and move forward. We don't, we can apply that same lens of mindfulness, mindfulness to sort of the observation of ourselves. Um, You know, the let's, we don't need to judge that reaction. We can, you know, we can have some regret, but we don't need to judge it. We can say, okay, that happened. Now I'm back in the moment and now I'm calm. And, you know, how do I want to act now? Um, And I think that's really useful for us in our work with children because there are times, I mean, children are wonderful and amazing and such a joy to work with. And they also know how to push our buttons sometimes. I mean, they, they can do that and it, we're human. So we're going to allow it to happen sometimes, even when we think we know better. Um, And Mm -hmm. so being really conscious of not applying tons of judgment to our own responses, recognizing it wasn't maybe the most productive response, and then moving forward, pulling ourselves back into a state of presence and mindfulness. Okay, the child behaved that way. I responded this way. What's that telling me? How can I move forward productively? I think that can be a part of our sort of self-reflection and mindfulness practice when we work with children as well. Absolutely. Yeah, it's very, it's very important to think about all of those things. So Jamie, I want to talk a little bit about yoga um, in the classroom. Yoga is personally really important to me. Um, And I know it's important to you. And I know you also incorporated it into your classroom as I did. Um, And I think, um, I think children are really drawn to yoga. And that was another thing that surprised me. It started with me just getting yoga cards that I had in the classroom um, and they just became everyone's favorite work um, and they were actually working. They were actually doing it, not just, you know, goofing off, which can sometimes happen. 
Um, but I found that they were really interested in it. So then it sort of evolved into me actually doing a yoga class with them. Um, and I just found that they loved it. And I found that, you know, the meditative moments of yoga, I mean, well, you do the physical practice of yoga to get your mind ready for the meditative state. I mean, that's the whole point of these breathe, the breathing and the, the physical poses um, is to get to that final resting pose of Shavasana. And I, and I found that, you know, I could have three minutes of silence with them in Shavasana meditating. And I just thought that was amazing. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. Um, I just, I think yoga is something that's fabulous, you know, for children and, and whether you practice on your own or not, I mean, it's something to definitely think about right now too, because it can also help with mindfulness and it's also really good for your body. What are your thoughts? Yeah. I mean, I had yoga as a, as a option in the classroom. I always had physical activities as, as sort of mm-hmm. work work options during the work cycle so that they could do something with their bodies and yoga yoga was one of them and i think you know it's similar to what montessori saw in young children when they got focused and concentrated and they would get quiet or with the silence game when mm, when yeah. the whole class can build to silence together even very young children uh, it that's exciting and and magical to children. There's a there's a meditative you know there's a meditative quality to it and a some sort of general spiritual thing that the children are experiencing with the with some of those things. And I think yoga was always really popular and valuable. And I mean I I allowed you know I had it in the classroom for children as a choice. You know cards like that and some yoga mats and that sort of thing. We did yoga together uh, a few times a week. And uh, sometimes it was something I could suggest to children, you know, hey, mm-hmm. you want to take mm-hmm. a little, want to take a little time and do some yoga? All of those. <laughs> <laughs> you look like you could use some, some yoga poses right now. Um, but oh, I mean, I to, but you know, to just help them become aware of what their body or their minds might need. And I think it's, I think it's a great activity to have in the classroom. And mm-hmm. I had not, um, I did not have a lot of experience with yoga when I brought it into the classroom. Um, and, and I still, I mean, I just did the best I could. I mean, I just offered what I found in general with children when I have something I'm doing with them that I don't have a lot of expertise in, it doesn't really matter because I can just bring a little bit and then the children rapidly become experts and I don't have to worry about it. Totally. I, you know, that's true for me with handwork and other things. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I, I think it's a great practice, a great tool for the children to have. And, and, you know, it's wonderful to have that diversity of work going on in the classroom where you've got some children in a corner doing some yoga and other children doing some long division and art happening here, mm-hmm. you know, all of it. Mm-hmm. No, it, it's awesome. And I, I completely agree. I found that, um, you know, physically it was just great for the children. And also um, it was fun to see them get into something so, so passionately. And I, and I think, um, you know, yoga is tough and it, it you are literally forced to be in the present moment when you do yoga because you pretty much have to be like holding yourself up. <laughs> so not only are your muscles working, but you know, you are concentrating on balance, you know, and balance is a great way to be in that present mindful moment, 
which yeah. is what, you know, what we've been talking about this whole time. I mean, just holding, you know, chair uh, tree pose, which is basically, you know, you're just, you're putting, you're balancing on one foot. Um, that's hard. Right. And, um, and that focus that, you know, yoga is all about the breath. Um, my yoga instructor said, if, if you're not breathing, it's not yoga. And I love that because that puts it all into perspective, right? It's, it's just an elaborate breathing exercise with physical poses to get you ready for meditation. Um, and getting children interested in that at a young age, it's, it's really great. Um, so yeah, if, um, I'm sure there are, um, resources online. I, my, my yoga studio here at my home, um, they're doing online, online things just through Facebook live. And they actually did a kids yoga one, um, recently when, and the yoga instructor had her seven or eight year old doing it with her. And it was, it was awesome. Um, so I'm sure there are things like that. Um, if you are not a practicing, yogi um because yeah if i can i know it i can see what you mean jamie i mean y- you just really need to give them a, some keys you know mm-hmm. just offer a little bit and then they'll go from there and the yoga cards that i got i just got on amazon and they were like i think they were like ten dollars i don't know i mean i they were not very expensive um and they were just a picture of the pose and then a description and actually in that in that um, post, there was, um, there were breathing cards in there too. Um, and you know what? I can, um, I can link that in this episode. <laughs> I just thought about that. I can link that Amazon link if anybody's interested in that um, because they were, they were awesome. And I didn't really have to do much because the cards kind of spoke for themselves. Yeah, that's, uh, that's great. And I think that's something for all of you that are still working with children at a distance. When you, when you check in with them in your individual meetings, make sure you're asking sort of what have you done to move your body this week? Mm -hmm. Or what have you done to sort of um, bring yourself to mindfulness this week? And you can offer some of those kinds of activities or ideas to them as well uh, as you're as you're checking in with them during this time. And then once we're back in the classrooms, you can bring it into daily sort of conscious practice for the children. Mm-hmm, absolutely. I want to touch on one other mindfulness practice that I personally like, and I think the children are already sort of doing it, um, is just the concept of journaling um, and writing how we're feeling. Or just writing, you know, whatever is coming to mind, or maybe it's just a brain dump of all your emotions. Um, but the children, you know, they're pretty accustomed to, you know, writing in their work journal, um, and and that can be something that they can do at home. You know, they can obviously keep track of their work, but maybe they can journal about how they're feeling. You know, or maybe they journal about missing their friends or or, or anything like that. Um, sometimes putting the pen to the paper, it gets those thoughts out of your mind onto the paper and it, and it can help. It can help a lot. Um, so that's just another thought um, to put out there to either your families at home or, or to the children you're working with. Yeah. Just the key, I think, now is to definitely um, take some of this extra time to, to focus on your own practices of mindfulness and and seeing how we can translate some of that to the children at a distance and then thinking about how that can become an even more um, important focus in your classrooms once we're all able to get back together again someday. (laughs) Someday. 
Oh, well, we hope this was useful and I will link those things in this, in the description of the episode. Um, and yeah, like just encourage some, some mindfulness practices and, and, you know, mindfulness again, it's just something that, you know, can, can really help during this time and also, you know, forever, you know, it's, it's, it's such a useful thing. Um, so just, just some things to think about and, um, I hope you guys are doing okay. Um, and if you have any questions about anything, um, send us an email anytime we're here for you. <laughs>